welcome to the Table Talk podcast, where we sit down, pull up a chair, and we get started. This podcast is designed to provide you packed full of information to help you with your training, nutrition, lifestyle, and well-being, where we interview myself through case studies to give you lifetime experience. And then we also interview high-performing individuals or other career-focused people who are looking to make changes in their lifestyle, training, nutrition, and well-being. So let's pull up that chair and let's go. Number one, maintaining a sleep schedule. By popular belief, sleeping at different times randomly all the time is not actually conducive to better sleep. You should have a sleep schedule, ideally the exact same time every day. Yep. Monday to Friday, Saturday, Sunday are not different days. It's seven days a week all the time. So if you want to know the revolutionary way to get like top quality sleep, like this, this is why it's number one, the game changer. Workout, you know, you do seven and a half, seven and a half, eight, eight and a half, nine hours. So usually it's seven to nine hours. Pick the number. So for me, I got eight hours. I'm going to wake up at five. Pick that time that you want to wake up. Five, maybe it's four. Then you minus eight hours. So if, let's say it's four, make it easy. Minus eight hours, I go to sleep at 8 p.m. Then by doing that, you can set up regular circadian rhythms, routines, and habits. So by waking up at four o'clock, get up, have a glass of water, make your coffee, do your workout routine, get ahead, do emails, whatever you need to do for that first hour, then the second hour, and you can build it out. But then the last two hours before you go to sleep, maybe you've eaten your last meal, wind down, have a shower, do the business, and then at least minimum 30 minutes, no more technology, um, you still do some movement. like loosen up, open up that body 30 minutes. So then you're actually going to be able to take bigger diaphragmatic breaths. So when you go to bed, you're going to sleep a lot deeper. Number two, associate the bedroom with sleep and sex. Pretty self-explanatory, but the bedroom is only really meant for three things. Getting changed in the morning, sleeping, and getting down to business. So... That's all it should be. So if you're having a deep conversation, thinking, playing on your phone, get out of the bedroom because by doing that, you're going to set up new habits, new routines. So if you're always having arguments and you get tight and defensive, you're probably going to walk into that room because you've trained that pattern and habit and versus it's time for bed. So the routine that I have literally when I get um, other than the business, but we have our bed made, but made for sleep. Like this is so funny, controversial conversation a lot of people had. Um, don't believe me, ask everyone how they make their bed and how what's their routine. But our bed is made to sleep. So in the bed. So we put our blinds down, blackout curtains, uh, close the window, air filter on, purifier, boom, and it's on. And then literally in the bed, kiss. Uh, two, three minutes just laying there, deep breathing. And then off we go. So number three is turning off electronic devices. Uh, no technology. That was pretty simple. The reason for taking the technology off is it emits a blue light. Yes, you can get blue light blocking glasses. Um, that'll decrease the blue light because when you are stimulating the retina, you decrease melatonin. Cortisol is slightly heightened. And so melatonin is that happy hormone that drug that is going to lull you into a nice state of relaxation and so a lot of people who have 
coffees or things that stimulate them, it keeps them at a high level. And so that melatonin curve doesn't actually take over. So you might be falling asleep. You're like, oh, it's fine. I can play on my phone. I can play on devices, watch TV, and I just fall asleep. You're actually part, like you're fatigued. You are so tired. Your body's like, so you're then not going to get into all of the states of sleep from light to deep to REM. And so you're actually getting a poorer quality sleep. So yeah, you may feel you're waking up refreshed, but mentally over time, how's your focus and your memory? If it's not excellent and you're not able to recall things like this on the click, yeah, it's not working for you. Don't sleep when you're hungry or on a full stomach. So I don't know about you, but when I eat a lot, I'm like, oh man, I could just pass out in a food coma. But what it does do is I steal my partner's pillows. I'm like, give me that pillow, prop myself up. But then what you're doing is you're sending all the blood to your gut. <laughs> so that, oh, you're changing again the routines, the habits, but also it, what it does tend to do, and I've done this through the aura ring, uh, experimenting with more with my partner. Um, I can't wear an aura ring for over three days. Like I get really irritable and I actually get shooting pain through my wrist because of the um, Bluetooth. It's really interesting. But the by having big meals, you can in, you increase your core temperature. And that'll obviously, what you want is your core temperature down. So if you're, you're doing the opposite, so not ideal. So if you're feeling full, go for a light walk, stimulate that digestion, and that'll make it a little bit easier for when you go to bed. Um, if you're hungry, yes, you can go to sleep, but if you're just like tummy's growling and you're just like, I'm hungry, I'm hungry, I'm hungry. Well, you're not thinking about like, oh. so <laughs> a recommendation is having a light meal. It doesn't have to be big. Um, we have protein yogurt in our fridge. So if it's like not quite going the way I like, I get a, um, gluten-free wheat pick, crush it up, mix it with a little bit of the protein yogurt and put a bit of berries or slice like a quarter of banana. And I just nibble on that. And then it helps me with that. Also, when you are hungry, your cortisol spikes up. Your cortisol is like glucose mobilizer. So yeah, you are burning fatty acids, but you'll go through peaks and drops. And so you'll go from like this to then alert. And so you're not actually going to be able to get into that deep state of sleep. Number five, keeping the room dark and quiet. Keeping your room dark and quiet, one, no disruptions. You literally, it forces your, it's like your eyes are closed the whole time. Like, well, much darker. I obviously, through filming this, didn't think about the computer screen. <laughs> but perfect example is that obviously the light dims down and it's a lot obviously nicer, just getting circadian rhythms, that routine down into the habit you're also you want to make it like the bat cave nice and cool it's about 18 uh 16 to 18 degrees and so it's nice and cold in that space so then when you get in the blanket using your core temperature to heat up which is lovely now if you're a cold person then obviously you could use another blanket to put on top but then through the night if you're getting over like too hot you might pull off one of those layers which is totally fine a lot of people like to wear clothing, but sometimes it's too close and it traps that heat. Uh, trial and error with that one. I'm, I'm too hot. I sleep. I have to sleep with no clothes um, because it's like I can't pull this off, right? So I can't regulate that heat. Where with a sheet, I can, my body will like pull it off, but I can pull it back and it's easy to do where it's like 
the habit of having to take it all off and then put it back on, just ir- uh, interrupt that sleep, right? Um, other things with fans, humidifiers, filters, you just want to make sure that it's not like <laughs> real loud. Um, you can get used to it like through habits, like just takes time. So you want to look for things that are quiet like or can maintain a steady sound. It's just constant. It's not like, yeah, that's really nice. Especially when your neighbors, um, you know, if your neighbors have a party, it's like once a month and you're like, oh, I wish they wouldn't have that party. But if they had that party all the time, you would obviously either move or you get used to it. So that's where the consistency of those noises really uh, something that's going to help you with that routine and habit. But then also if you can't get earplugs or, yeah, sound blocking headphones. These are great. They're the MX uh, 1005. Love them. I can't hear anything, even like my buttons watch me or any like stuff. Like they'll walk up to me and I'm like, what? So really handy to have if you're finding any disruption. Consider natural supplements. Um, well, they're all supplements, but the supplements we're referring to is you've got lavender, uh, you can get reishi, quadriceps, all of these like tinctures, herbs. These are more natural supplements. Then you have more the man-made ones. So the ones that I like are magnesium. Uh, there's many compounds. The Trimag from Design to Health is my go-to. We stock a lot of it. Um, and I'll do like a teaspoon every night. Um, you can get melatonin. It's not a recommendation because your body naturally produces melatonin. In a short stint, if you really want to change your sleep habits, so like if you're a banker, investor, a lawyer, a doctor, and you've created the habit of working like 16 hours, eight for two, bed for six, and you're like, man, I'm so run down, I'm so tired, I really need to get on top of this, what can I do? Uh, there are certain supplements that you can get, but like melatonin, for example, would be something you could take short term um, for like a week or two, get the body into that routine, but you need to work on changing the lifestyle that you have. You can't just keep doing it and then take melatonin and expect, now I'll get eight hours. You're working 16-hour days, eating for two hours. That's 18 hours into 24. That just, You're never going to get eight hours. So you need to change some things, right? So yeah, they're really good for helping build upon, like to help you get out of the hole so you can then build and work on the routines that you have. Like I used to take so many, like I used to take, I used to do like theanine, 5-HTP, four caps of magnesium glycinate, trimag, uh, lemon lime mag, like glycinate, citrate. uh, I was taking reishi. I used to take melatonin. Uh, Antihistamine, which they like took me out and I took um, resurrect. There's like something you can't get in Australia anymore. It's like banned. but funny story on that one is that when you take too much of it, you're like, so you like can't wake up. You so you're like your body's just like so like chilled. Um, but I used to take that, and I used to run on about six hours of sleep. And then since changing my routine to winding down at eight, eight o'clock, bed by eight forty-five, nine o'clock, I only now take a teaspoon of magnesium. But I take and I take that at seven. So. 
you've got to you these things help to stay on top of like a lifestyle that's maybe not conducive long term but you need to do it for short term great but then long term you've got to make the changes to the routines and habits and the supplements just to help make it easier to transition because if you're going from like 11 o'clock sleep time to eight o'clock you're just laying there going okay let's fall asleep now Maybe if I count my sheep, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight sheep. Seven. Okay, cool. I have six hours and 45 minutes. If I close my eyes right now, I will fall asleep. Damn it, didn't work. So <laughs> just like, oh, will it? Uh, it doesn't quite work. So these supplements have a effect that can support your body and speed up the process to change your sleep habit. Number seven, avoid caffeine. Well, Caffeine has a half-life of six hours. So when you have it, it spikes cortisol. So the average cup of 100 milligrams and six hours. So if you have it at six, six is now 12. 12 is now six and six is 12. But you should be asleep by 10. But the half, the half-life of caffeine, you've still got 25 milligrams. Like, check out this chart. We've drafted it up. Most people have two to four coffees a day. Woo! You've, like, got a cup of coffee still in you. So, yes, you may be falling asleep, but you're probably getting REM sleep, which is the cognitive recovery sleep. Because what happens is you have adenosine, and that's obviously what's going to make you want to feel calm and relaxed. But caffeine binds to that. And so adenosine builds where caffeine just gets in there and pushes it out. So when that caffeine goes away, all that adenosine goes boom, and you're going, oh, man, I need another coffee. Yeah, you actually take deep breaths. Drink some water, flush that out, have that body how like <laughs> sustained, so then you can go to sleep. Other alternatives, which I now do, decaf. Let's be real, it's not the same thing, but it still can give you the flavor and the antioxidants that you want. So I do a coffee in the morning now. So one coffee before 10 o'clock. Or if it's easy for you to remember, no coffee after 10.01. Um, and that's just going to help counter for that half-life. So 10 till 6, so that's 4, and then 4 till 10 p.m. So then really reducing that caffeine intake. Cool. Number eight, avoid long-day naps. What is a nap? A nap is typically like a siesta, 15 to 30 minutes, where you lay down, use a bed of needles, Big breaths, get everything open up, and then done. A nap is not 90 minutes. However, if you're going to push it, go for 90 minutes because a cycle of sleep is about 90 minutes. So you feel rest and restored. Wouldn't suggest doing it after 2 o'clock because what happens is by having a nap, what makes you tired is you have adenosine being produced in the body and so you have an abundance of it at a certain time. And so the nap is to clean some of that out. And so by cleaning that out, you find you'll find that um, you then feel more awake, and so then that'll change the sleep routine at night. So naps are fine, but just wouldn't be going for like a full-on sleep. If you're that sleep deprived, you should probably be changing your sleep routine. Good sleeping posture helps you sleep better. Uh, this one's self-explanatory. Good sleep posture helps you sleep better. Uh, most people, by my my understanding, don't actually sleep on their back. Yeah. But also, like myself, I'm now 110 kilos, and now I've got more mass on the chest, and I start to snore a bit. 
Now, my partner doesn't like that. She can wear earplugs. But when snoring, you'll find they're like, this is what happens. <clears throat> and that is you choking and you're actually jerking yourself up to like breathe again. Um, you can have blocked sinus cavities, which I did. I have one whole fully blocked nose. Um, so I have to get a surgery for that, actually. And now I can breathe, which is really cool. But other things you can do, you know, thumb on the sinus cavity, force it to open, and you could literally like sleep on your side. Um, sleeping on the side, if you're going to do that, would be looking at like a pillow for the arm. Because if you're on your side, you're pressing into this arm and this arm rolls forward. So then like this is going to be posture. And then even your leg is rolled forward. So what you do is pillow on the arm, you need a pillow that's slightly higher so you can support this neutral posture and the pillow between the legs. So lots of cuddles. Um, you can cuddle human, but I find it's like, do it for like five minutes. I'm like, okay, I'm hot. It's uncomfortable. So uh, good sleeping posture helps, but also good sleeping posture with good core temperature uh, will help you sleep better too. All right, number 10. Choosing the right pillow. Choosing the right pillow is obviously going to support the neck, support the posture. And if you're looking at the screen right now, You'll see if I put pillow here, I'm now kinked in my neck and you're going to be like that for eight hours. So finding good support for the neck and the head, very, very beneficial. Another little tool that you can do is rolling up a towel, place it behind your neck and you just sit like on the edge of the bed. So there's just this light little bit of lengthening in the neck so you can open up from the posture of the day. And so by doing that, it's a nice little routine because that'll lengthen and open the neck. So when you're in bed, you're not like, Ugh. <sighs> I will sleep soon. Other thing you can do is when lying on your back, so lying on the floor, gently rotate the head, lengthen and open up all the muscles through the neck. Number 11, have sex or masturbate before bedtime. Relieve your stress. You feel so much better. Help us have a greater increase of growth hormone. That's going to mobilize more fatty acids and... Uh, that for will help with building muscle too. So why not? Uh, more people does not mean it's better. That's a bonus for you all. I don't have experience with that. I'm just making an observation because many people would mean longer inter uh, intervals. And remember, the purpose of today is to get more sleep, not to have lots and lots of fun all night long. Number 12, <laughs> eat a sleepy snack before bed. So eating a, uh, a light snack before bed, one, will actually help with having some nutrients in your body. So if you think about it in body composition world, what people tend to have is they'll have big meal, like because what you're going to be doing is you're going to be fasting for the next eight hours. So we want a bit of fat, some carbs, protein, because that's going to slow the release of those nutrients down so we can maintain a uh, nutrient-dense state, where if we're fasting, we could be catabolic. So from a body comp perspective, we want to look at foods that are going to prolong that fasted period. So usually when it comes to training, we're utilizing carbohydrates, so proteins and carbs, but also looking to have maybe some fats in there to slow that release. So 
fats are just more calorie dense, but usually you want a higher protein and carb intake because carbs spike insulin. And then what comes up comes down, which will make you nice and calm and relaxed. Um, some people find like muffins, gluten-free muffins better for them. Some find toast, some find rice. So finding what works for you. Enjoy. Try take a warm bath or shower. So taking a warm bath and shower is going to increase your core temperature. And so when you get out of that bath and shower, or I like to do a hot cold, and but I'll finish with like hot. So when you get out of the shower in the winter, your core temperature is going to drop. And that's going to make you really like restful. Now, if it's summertime, finish in a cold shower and that cold temperature will slowly rise up and you'll actually uh, adjust to the heat a bit more. So that, like when it's, like you're sweating, like in the bed, you're like, oh my God, it's so hot. Well, by starting cold, you can bring up that cold temperature a lot more. Well, team, put your worries to the side. Big fan of this one, gratitude log and just mind dump. Whatever's going through your day, most people like to bitch and moan and complain. What I say is whatever's going through your head, put it to paper or buy a whiteboard, scribble it. I go like, we've got seven whiteboards. I have moved them, uh, but we have three whiteboards in the house and a lot of mirrors. So I use those mirrors uh, to write on and we just scribble everything. So like, how's the day been? And usually it'll go, how's the day been? What have I achieved? What's on my mind? What's my biggest challenge and where do I want to be next week or tomorrow? And I reflect and I just write down what would be my three action points for tomorrow and don't clean out your emails. But if you like on a whiteboard, you can see like pattern, 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 huh? I've been meaning to exercise for the last three days and I haven't done it. Cool. Do I know someone who can help me or am I not taking it serious enough? And I should just stop investing the time in it because like everyone else says I should train. Like, hey, like I run a personal training on me. I talk about health and fitness, but it's not for everyone. Maybe you need to do yoga. Maybe you need to just go for walks. Like that's what you need to start with. Like getting up, going to the gym could be too much for you right now. Go for a walk, 30 minutes. Like it's better than nothing. Right? So mind dump, get it out. And so when you go to bed, you should feel like really clear. And just know that if you are finding like, oh my God, I'm thinking more, get out of the bed. Keep going. Or watch a comedy. Ha! Ah. Laughter. Best medicine. All right. This, this ties into 15, which is to meditate. This is here because so many people recommend meditation. Um, like having someone talk to you um, about, you know, breathe in, breathe out. Uh, check out Sound Healing by Kate Marginson. Like a lot of people like that. I personally just like to put on calm music and just zone out because like i just want to get all these thoughts to paper uh, and like know that like right first thing i'm going to be doing tomorrow is that i don't like to go um i don't like to set up routines and habits and my blessings or my tasks or myself i do that in the morning but that's how i get started but some people just know you got to find what works for you so there's me saying don't do the meditation at night. I just play like sounds. I love rain, love thunder. I play that. It plays for like 20, 30 minutes before I go to bed or Kate plays like sound healing music. Great. It's just a noise and it just, oh. and sit there and you'll see what comes to mind. And I just 
put it on the wall. Oh, side note, you can get whiteboard paint. So you can paint your walls whiteboard. So you got kids, texture all day, wipe it off, you're good to go. Um, yeah, I had my own place. Like when I get my own place, I'm going to have a white, it's called, we're going to call it the war room or the whiteboard room. Everything's going to be whiteboard. But what about the roof, Carl? Even the roof. All right. Adios, amigos. Hey, thanks so much for joining the episode of Table Talk today. We hope you found some helpful tips and inspiration in staying healthy and fit, even with a busy schedule. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast. Stay tuned for our next conversation. Until then, keep prioritizing yourself, your health, your fitness, and we'll see you on the next Table Talk.